You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness. My name's Sean Tice. I am I'm excited. I love having friends on the show, and Tammy Daughtry is definitely one of those friends. I'm so excited to have you with us, Tammy. Well, thanks, Sean. You are you've been a great friend. I don't know how many years, but I'd say at least probably a decade. And I'm so proud of what you're doing and super excited to share. Uh, we have a similar heart for helping families. So it's definitely easier to record episodes when I'm talking to a friend because it's like we're having a friend conversation. So I'm ex- I, we met each other I, when we went to Fatherhood Commission the first year. It was 2017, and you were the one of the first people that it was the first meal first night. I remember you coming, sitting down and talking to Jackie and I, and you were so friendly. Yeah. You just were so nice to us. And ever since then, we just, we keep seeing each other at, at different events, you know? And so the NRB at the uh, CareNet conference at, um, I don't even know what else that we've seen each other at different events and, and we always just, uh, get to just talk and, and it's so refreshing to see you because you're such an encouragement and, and you've helped promote our ministry and different stuff. And, and you've just been a blessing to us. And so I thank you for that publicly. Oh. Thank you for that. Um, but you have a ministry called co-parenting international, mm-hmm. which is a great ministry. And I'm excited to highlight this on our show for those that have blended families. And so would you just take a minute and tell about yourself and your organization? Sure. <laughs> well, you do know me. I have a lot of words. So well, it can be longer than a minute. It doesn't have it, to be a minute. That's just I what know. I said. <laughs> My husband always says it takes me 10 minutes to say hello. So um, anyway, <laughs> but let me first say, I am grateful that you reminded me where we met because the older I get, I kind of lose track of some of that. And um, and it's just, you know, I, I love people and I do remember seeing you all. You look like an, a new couple to the group. And I... Um, if I could just make a leave a living meeting new people and connecting them to other people, like that's, that would be enough for me. I love that. And I feel like a sort of a big sister, you know, I've been watching your ministry grow and expand and I'm just so grateful that you are following that call. So, um, gosh, let me give a two minute overview as to who I am. And then I'll talk about the ministry. Um, so I actually, and I don't share this, uh, this way a lot, but I come from a really interesting um, childhood, I'll just say, and awesome parents that love me, awesome grandparents that love me. Um, but I was um, an unexpected pregnancy. And the uh, at that time around that topic <clears throat> is a little um, little farm town and uh, in Colorado and a place where my four grandparents decided to have come from a a deep love that my parents had for each other. And anyway, they were only married about a year. And so I have been a child of a divorce for 53 of my 54 years. And thankfully, I will say my parents worked hard at being in my life. Um, They lived in different cities. And so that took a lot of effort on both sides, both on mom's and dad's side to make sure I had a relationship with both of them. And so as a child, I grew up um, with tons of aunts and uncles and cousins on both sides, but you know, no memory of having an intact family, so to say. So fast forward, uh, went to college in California, ended in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I'm coming to you from, and was here, I thought, for one year, and God's mm-hmm. kept me here since 1991. I won't try to do the math while I'm in public because I won't do it right. 
but um, worked in the music industry for the first part of my career as an event producer. And then in the year 2000, um, I'd been married for seven, almost eight years. I went through a divorce and I have a daughter at the time who was one. And so I was really passionate about finding healthy tools on co-parenting because I knew that I knew the journey from a kid's lens, but I wanted to know from a parent's lens how to do a great job and raise a daughter who could love us both, never feel caught in the middle, and hopefully have a really healthy childhood, even though we were going through a divorce. And so that was the catalyst of eventually starting Parenting International. And so we, when I, you know, you meet somebody at an elevator or at the grocery store and they ask you what you do, <laughs> I always say, well, I founded an organization 20 years ago that helps and single parents raise amazing kids. And it's called Co-Parenting International. And co-parenting comes in lots of sizes. It can be two single parents. It can be a blended family. It can be grandparents who are helping co-parent. So we just help complex complex families thrive and try to do that one family at a time. And um, so we are 20 years old in our ministry and lots of cool stuff going on. So that's a little bit about me having from a complex family. But I, I will say too, I am still great friends with uh, my stepdad, who was only in my life from three to eight. Um, and now I'm 54. And I still talk to him. And he still sends popcorn at Christmas. And we have a very um, nice friendship. So it's it's a beautiful thing when God takes people and wraps them around a child. And even if they don't legally have a reason to stay connected, sometimes they still do. So I'm grateful for step parents who who often are a really good part of a child's life. And sometimes when that doesn't work out between adults, they can still stay connected. I think that's pretty. I and also have a wonderful stepmom who uh, still loves me. We call her Grandma Jojo. And she's not legally my stepmom anymore, but by heart, she still is. And so anyway, that's a long winding road. I'll uh, let you ask a question. <laughs> or I'll no, just keep that's so good. And tell us about your, you've, have, you've have some books you've written. Um, oh, sure. Or at least one, I know one, you have, you have one or two. Oh, 14. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> On my wish list, I've completed 14. Uh, no, I have a book out called Co-Parenting Works. Yes. Helping yes. Your Children Thrive After Divorce. It was published by uh, HarperCollins and Zondervan. So it's a book for parents particularly who are dividing their family or maybe they're five years down the road already in that process. But it's also a great book for pastors and for uh, counselors, for for compassionate leaders who help family. Um, some of the best compliments I've gotten about the book come from those in the helping field who said, you know, Tammy, I didn't grow up in a divorced family. I'm not divorced, but your book helped me understand what my clients are going through. And it's helped me uh, minister to them in a more intentional way. And so that was really one of the best um, compliments I ever got on the book was recognizing that the stories and the statistics in there could help someone really find more intentional compassion for, for single parents, because it's a hard journey. However you get to the single parent journey, it's hard. There's nothing um, pretty about it. And so I'm grateful that it's a book for parents, but it can help professionals and leaders too. And then I contributed to a book called uh, Recalibrate, and it's by um, D6 and Randall House Publishers. 
And it's an interesting, fun book. It's got, I think, 18 chapters in it, tackling a lot of relevant topics for today's church. And so they asked me to write the chapter on single parenting and step parenting. So um, contributed to that. And then we created a, a video resource called One Heart, Two Homes, Co-Parenting Kids of Divorce to a Positive Future. And that's available through our website and uh, several other platforms. But it's video content that tackles a lot topics um, that co-parents share, whether it's how you do handoffs every other weekend or um, how you show up at your children's uh, school functions or, oh, what about dating and introducing that person to your children? Um, Talks about all kinds of things and also some hard topics, Sean, like um, what if I'm co-parenting with someone who's not safe if I left an abusive relationship and I still have to interact with that person. So, so we tackle the, the easy stuff and the hard stuff, but I've got 30 other people on that video series that contributed their wisdom and expertise. And uh, that whole thing just got um, translated to Spanish as well. Uh, So we've got content in English and Spanish and working on several new projects as well. I love your drive, Tammy. Um, I, your 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 drive. You're just always networking, always there, just um, meeting people. And I, you and I are kind of we go to events. We're both passing each other because I'm going to meet this person. You're going to meet that person. We know we kind of say hi, like hey. But we we're always and I so we're we're like brother and sister in that because <laughs> I'm running over here, you're running over there, and that's just the way it's got to be. And I I love your drive. I love how you do that, and you're inspi- inspiring. Um, now your book. The, the the first book you mentioned, I remember meeting you and I believe, because I was a youth pastor still, okay, and yeah. I believe I had your book on my shelf when I went back to my office and I saw it and I'm like, wait, that's that lady <laughs> I had met I before. And yeah. I, but I, I love what you're doing because I, even as a youth pastor, I worked with a lot of, I worked with some kids where they were coming from blended families. One of them, I remember just very vividly where they were just, um, they, they, this, this, these two, this boy and girl. Mom and dad, both, they were divorced, they were remarried, and this, these, this boy and girl, they were back and forth between mom and dad's house, mm-hmm. mom and dad's house. And I, I, it was almost like the mom and dad didn't consider the toll that it took on those kids. Even simple things such as, I remember them saying, well, I, I you know, I'll leave a, I'll leave this shirt at my mom's house and I'll go to wear it at my dad's house and I forget it. And for them, that was a, stuff like that where they didn't, they were missing something out of their life that they, you know, if they would have just lived in one home, they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened, but it, for them mentally, and they did, they brought it up. I remember them talking about it. Mm-hmm. They, there was, there was a struggle. Do you, did you have those kind of issues that were, or do you deal with those kind of kids where it's just, they're being just back and forth and they have to deal with different things. Um, have you, have you seen that where just even oh, small yeah. things like that affect the kids? Oh, well, and it's interesting. Um, I work well. I work with children age six and up, and I work with parents, and I work with professionals. Um, and it's there's some heartbreaking stories of of situations like that, but even harder where parents won't allow a child to take that shirt to the other house because they bought it. Um, so yeah, kids. Um, and I remember growing up, you know, every other weekend up and down the road to see dad. Um, I primarily lived with my mom, but they were in different towns. So, you know, couldn't have done a 50 life at that point because they didn't live in the same city. Um, But for kids that live um, back and forth, one of the interesting things, a lot of times when they're young, um, 
they'll parents will do what's called a two, two, three, which is every two days they're swapping the kids so that they never go more than three days without seeing them. And that is interesting and pretty effective when kids are young. Hmm. But what I have found and recommend to parents is by the time the kids are like second grade, third grade for sure, it would be a good idea to revisit that transition schedule because if you can imagine being a kid that wakes up on Monday from mom's house, goes to school two days, and then switches Wednesday, Thursday at dad's house, and then back to mom's house Friday through Sunday, and then the next week it's kind of in reverse, that is a lot of complexity for a kid because there's two things happening. There's the logistical transitions, but there's also the emotional transitions. And so most kids, they love both their parents, no matter how much their parents don't agree on and how much they might even argue or they might even tell the kids why they got divorced. At the core of every kid, they love their parents and they love being with them. And it's sometimes really tough to go a couple days and then get moved over for a couple days and then move back. So there's no perfect way for it. And yes, Sean, if they were all in one intact family, hopefully it would have been a healthier journey. But I do know that sometimes adults have really painful relationships. And I have seen that sometimes kids are better off when they're removed from that ongoing toxic um, anger and frustration that happens when mom and dad are together. So I'm not a cheerleader for divorce, but I'm a cheerleader uh-huh. for healthy relationships. And so for those kids that have transitions, and, and maybe it's week on, week off, because that's actually what we did with our daughter, Angelia. We started in the the 223, but then when she was in elementary school, we shifted over to week on, week off. And even though it was hard not to see her for a week, it was a much healthier choice for her. So she could get to one house, be there for a week, and then switch to the next um, next week back to the other house. And we tried to be compa- um, cool in that if something that was important, you know, one of us would go and drop it off or they could come by and pick it up. And so the the thing that I try to do, Sean, in working with parents is help them recognize the way they interact with each other is going to deeply impact their kids' uh, perspective about their entire world. And if there's any hope for the kids to believe that it's okay to love both, it's okay to come and go and people aren't keeping track and and getting angry at, you know, oh, well, you were over there 10 minutes more than you were with me. Um, if we can remove some of that um, toxicity out of the relationship between the parents, then kids really can thrive with a few hiccups like forgotten clothes or um, cleats for, you know, sports. Um, but a lot of the pressure of being into homes, it can be alleviated for a child if mom and dad shift from how much they don't like each other to how much they love their kids and focusing on love for their child and being a team really to support that child. So, um, yeah. And and I had a kid once, Sean, that told me he felt like a pawn. Like if you're playing a game like Monopoly or something, you move the person around. He said that his parents were just so stressed all the time about those transitions. He felt like a pawn, you know, getting uh, that they were kind of fighting over back and forth. And so, you know, if if folks that are listening today, whether they're a co-parent or they know somebody who's a co-parent, a couple of things that I would always recommend is for each biological parent to find a way to literally say out loud to your shared children, it's okay to love all of us. You don't have to pick a favorite. 
right? You, I'm your mom. I love you. And you, your dad loves you. <clears throat> and if there are step parents involved and your stepmom loves you to try to emotionally advocate to the child that it's okay to love everybody. And those are hard words to say when the adult relationship might've been broken because of trust or pain. It's hard to um, remember that even though the two adults are not together, that child is deeply connected forever to the mm -hmm. parent. And so if we will try to give the children our emotional permission to love everybody, it makes it a lot easier on kids. And the second thing I would say is never, ever to talk about co-parent business at the handoff. And I know that's kind of by default. Sometimes the, the time that parents see each other, if they're no longer together, and sometimes they want to talk about money or calendar uh, switches or, hey, you know, can Johnny go to camp next uh, summer? Or will you pay for half of the uh, volleyball um, uh, sporting equipment? And they get into like this business conversation of which never feels good to a kid, right? They're enough that they're going back and forth. But when mom and dad either stand and argue or stand at the front door, tell the kids, hey, you know, wait outside or or you stay inside, we're going to talk outside. Those are not the times for moms and dads to do co-parent business meetings. So what I always suggest, Sean, is that they find a different time, whether it's by phone, having coffee in public. Um, but a pre-designated time to talk about all the things about the business of being parents, but never to do it at the handoff because those handoffs are tough on kids and they don't need to be waiting while mom and dad end up arguing. So those are just a couple little things that I try to cheer for parents, you know, or for pe people to pass along to friends they know is, you know, help the children know it's okay to love everyone and don't have a business meeting at the handoff. Those are those are not the time and place to do that. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, because, you know, and I, I love what you said, how you're not an advocate for divorce, but it does happen nowadays. And mm -hmm. so you have resources to help these families. And there's a lot of even the single moms that we work with, they end up getting remarried. Um, can you... <sighs> And there's, there's a lot of angles we could take with this because there are the good, there are things that end up turning out decently well. I mean, they end up being good relationships and good friendships. And then there's also the, the toxic side of it where people talk about, I had a horrible step parent and I had, you know, this, this bad experience or my, my mom left my dad or my dad left my mom and they started a whole new life somewhere else. So there's, there's so many different, I'm sure that you come across with multiple different uh, angles whenever you talk to people, right? I mean, there's so many oh, different yeah. wide variety of situations. How do you navigate that? I mean, how do you, cause I'm sure that you have all kinds of people you minister to while you go to conferences and things like that. Well, I guess the one of the things I am grateful for is that many churches have started to recognize, again, not because we want it to happen, but they've yeah. had a little more compassion towards the single parent. Because I think, you know, maybe 20 years ago, I was still sort of in the season of why, let's see, that was 20, my daughter's 24 now. So 23 years ago, I went through a divorce and some churches, um, you almost feel like you're an outsider immediately or that you're sort of an outcast. People don't know what to do with you if you've been through a divorce. They don't want to ask the wrong question. And so sometimes people kind of pull away because they're not sure. The thing I love about some churches is implementing programs like divorce care or a One Heart, Two Homes course, a class like ours, 
or grief share. You know, in in those different elements, the church is saying, hey, we recognize that there's a family, there's a change in families, and it doesn't always fit in the in the narrative of the nuclear. And we want to be a safe place for for people to come and continue to grow with God and to know how to have a healthy life. And so I think churches, anybody listening that's part of a church, no matter how little or how large, if there is a way to figure out a compassionate response to single parents, um, the cool part is, and I know you know this because this is what you do all the time. If we can connect with a single parent when they are sometimes in the darkest days of their life, which I would say the first year of being separated and going towards a divorce is usually dark, you know, the dark season. If if a parent finds a place uh, of hope and in a place that they can be loved still, and there's a church that says, hey, we don't look at you through the, like the scarlet letter, you know, we don't see a D on your forehead for being divorced. We see a person who's hurting, who still has every right to have a relationship with God. And if, if a divorcing parent, single parent can find a home in a church that loves them and will walk alongside them, then not only do you help keep that person close to God, you have the next generation. And so in doing all of this, it's a two to three generation ministry in that, you know, if a parent feels welcome, even if they're a single parent, then that means they're going to grow. Their kids are going to stay connected. And even if they only have their kids every other weekend, um, I, a lot of my clients, um, I work with a lot of dads who sadly end up sometimes with only every other weekend. And sometimes they're embarrassed to go to church. And I always tell those dads, man, keep showing up and keep taking the kids. And even if they can't be at everything with the youth group, talk to the youth pastor, talk to the children's pastor, let them know, hey, here's the circumstance. You know, we are going through a separation or we've already, you know, that's already happened and I'll only have the kids here once a month. The adults that that work with kids, they're going to still want to love on those kids. And what I've seen some churches do, um, uh, really well is one church, actually one that I was, uh, I did an internship at years ago. Um, they started what they call a double lunch and the third Sunday of every month, a big Sunday school class would make a double lunch and they would f- invite all the single parents and their children to just come have lunch. They set it up in the, um, in the gymnasium, super easy logistically. And it just was a beautiful way for these families to, help connect with the single parent families and let them know that we see you, we value you, you're important to us. And by building a bridge just over a double lunch, it made a huge difference for single parents in that church. The other thing, um, I was thinking of one other story. Oh, the other thing that um, some churches will do is become a place, you know, how I mentioned earlier, um, trying to find a trying to find a time to talk and and talk about the business of parenting when you're apart. I know one church that has taken a very relevant step forward to say to their single parents, hey, if you need to have a place to come and have a co-parent meeting with your children's other parent, we will open our doors to you to do mm-hmm. that. You can use a classroom. You can use part of the you know fellowship hall. We'll help make this space available so that you can feel comfortable um, to invite you know that person to sit down and talk and to actually have a conversation with you. So there's so many ways that churches can be intentional to to wrap their arms around these families yeah. and 
especially the dads. I'm a huge champion for dads. And I want to make sure and say this, that, um, you know, no matter how a, how a single dad got to that point, whether it was through a divorce or a cohabitation or a death, um, single parenting is tough on everyone. But women sometimes lean in more for community and men usually don't. <laughs> and so I just, nothing against men, but I know one of the most isolating experiences in a church can be if you're a single dad and you're new to the community. And so I just say to anybody listening, seek out those single dads and help them feel connected and invite them to lunch, invite them to watch a football game, just do life with them. Because one of the greatest things that can happen is that dad or that mom, you know, gets some good roots at the church and they begin to realize, oh, God's not done with my story, right? I may have been going through a divorce this last year and it seemed like there was no hope, but I still have a purpose and a plan and God's still going to love me and God's going to walk with me. And and there are so many hurting parents, I think, that go through this struggle with their faith even is, oh, well, I've been through a divorce. God must be mad at me now. The thing that I say to those parents is, because I, I used to hear the comments about, um, you know, don't you know that God hates divorce? And I, when I was going through my divorce, what I thought people were saying is that God's going to hate me. And that's not what they were saying. And I know that they weren't trying to be that way. But when people are hurting, our our filter system isn't always fully accurate. And one of the yeah. things that I think we can do is remind parents, God loves you and God loves your children. And regardless of the pain you've been through, or even if you're the one who caused the divorce in your family, God still loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And you are a, a beautiful, strong parent, not beautiful. You wouldn't say that to a man, sorry, but I was thinking about a woman, <laughs> but you have, you know, being resilient in becoming a strong, stable parent. God still wants that for you. And he wants your mm -hmm. kids to have time with you. you. Just like we want to have time with our kids, you know, God wants to have time with us. And so sometimes I think some of the smallest little touch points can make a huge difference. So, uh, you know, if you, if you have anybody in your church that's single and you don't even know their story, um, don't be afraid to ask. Say, hey, can, can I take you and your kids to lunch next week? We'd love to get to know you. Would you like to, could you, um, you know, we're doing a community project. Would you and your kids like to join us and just get to know these single parents so that they feel like they're seen and they're invited uh, in our churches? And then God can take that and just help them re recreate who they are as they go through those those next few years. So um, anyway, I would say, I know we're going to have to wrap up here pretty soon, um, that the thing I do love about your ministry in connecting kids with mentors and with other people that is so significant hmm. whether a child you know is is not actively getting to see their father or actively seeing their mom um, I think mentors and grandparents and people that are old enough to be grandparents you know they all have such a, a potential positive role to play in the life of a child so I I say for you Sean you know, keep doing what you're doing because you're Thank helping you. young people um, find other adults. And ultimately, obviously, God is our father. 
Um, but the the warm arms and the warm love of a family or a friend who comes alongside a single parent and says, hey, I see you and I'm going to walk with you and you don't have to go through this alone. I think we're both, well, you and I are both after the same kind of outcome. We oh, yeah. want the church, we hope the church can be a safe place for um, for complicated families. And you, you just, I mean, you are filled with knowledge. You just poured out a ton of knowledge, and I, I believe our listeners are going to find a lot of value in that. We have about three minutes left. I want to ask you, just take about a minute or minute and a half and uh-huh. talk to the single mom mm-hmm. that is looking for, because looking for a relationship, how to find a healthy man, how to find a healthy relationship. <laughs> when you've done that. You have a successful marriage now. What can they look for? Just Just talk to them for about a minute and a half. That's boy, that's a good ending uh, um, topic. Well, I would say first and foremost, pay attention. Well, where do you look for the men? I don't even know. I happen to find mine at church, best place ever. Um, I know there are places you don't want to go looking for um, a new person, but um, I say, think about how that person, if they have children, how do they treat their co-parent? Uh, their mm-hmm. child's mother. Pay close attention to that when you're dating, because however that works, it's going to ripple into your relationship. Um, and I know for me, one of the things I was very honest with anybody I ever dated, I was up front and said, hey, I've got a daughter and her dad is very active in in her life. And my goal is to be a collaborative co-parent with my daughter's dad. So we're cordial. We don't hate each other. No, we don't see the world the same, but he's a very respected person that I is, you know, I see as somebody who's in our life. And so I think part of it when you're dating as a single mom is trying to be sure you're looking for a healthy person spiritually, um, intellectually, um, and um, emotionally. And then also paying attention to if they have kids, what, what does that all bring into your potential relationship? And then especially if you're working hard to have a respectful relationship with your co-parent. So the father of your children, uh, being certain that that new person would be open to that and letting them know that, Hey, you know, we don't, we don't travel and and go out to lunch together, but we do have a respectful relationship. And for the sake of my children, I would you know love for you to consider what that might look like. And sometimes that sends people running because they don't know what to do with healthy reality, but Um, I also would say, you know, anybody listening can certainly reach out to us at our website and we can, you know, have further conversations about that. But um, let's wrap up with that. Tell us where they can find you. We've less than a minute left. Tell us where they can find you um, in social media and websites. Yeah. Coparentinginternational.com. So C-O-parentinginternational.com. Our email's on there. You can write into us. we can be in touch about the resources we have, as well as coaching sessions that I do uh, with people all around the world. So, so good. happy to cheer for anybody watching. Th- thank you so much, Tammy, for being on with us. You were such an encouragement to our listeners. Oh, well, I love what you're doing too, buddy. And yay for the single parents and the step parents, making it happen. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Let's Talk About Fodlessness. We want to now challenge you to take the next step by either starting a single mom community group in your church or with your ministry, or by joining our network of God is My Dad churches and ministries. Isn't it a great experience to be able to start a single mom community group? 
Yeah, and it's just, if you talk to single moms, a lot of times what they'll tell you is the one thing they're lacking is that community. Just a group that they can go in and they know there's no judgment. You know, everyone may not have the same situation. Everyone doesn't know what they're going through, but they can go in and they know there's no judgment. And and it takes that kind of that restriction and that uh, wall down for them so that they can share and then that they can grow in Christ. And our single mom community groups are a wonderful ministry. And if your church can start one, we'd love to have you. We can help you get set up. We have the curriculum and all the resources you need. If you can't start one, we'd love to have you start by by joining our network of churches and ministries, our God is My Dad network of churches and ministries, where you can get your church or your ministry on our map and people can find you and find find your ministry in your church so that they can get plugged into your church or ministry locally. So check that out. You can find all these resources at lifefactors.org. We have books, we have all kinds of content on there at lifefactors.org. Check it out today. <music>